Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, the podcast for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Colleen. My name is Bridget. And today's show, we are welcoming Dr. Rochelle Calvert, and she is the author of Healing with Nature, Mindfulness and Somatic Practices to Heal from Trauma. And one of the reasons why Bridget and I wanted to have this conversation with her Trauma is a very big umbrella word for a lot of different things in life. And when I first heard the title of the book, I said, well, that's a very specific thing. But she actually says that everyone's trauma, whether it's anxiety, whether it's a personal experience or something that you have stuck inside of you from, you know, growing up or just life experiences, for example, a pandemic are trauma and they affect all of us in different ways. And Somatic practices and healing where you move it through your body is a great way to heal from that. So trauma doesn't mean just a necessarily a very traumatic experience. It can mean a worldwide pandemic as well, or if you're suffering from a mental health issue or so you got bullied as a kid, it could be a million different right. things. That's what I really, uh, you know, I think talking to her and reading her book made me think that some people feel like they don't deserve to feel um, that they went through a traumatic, traumatic experience when something could be traumatic for you that maybe doesn't seem as serious to someone else. But if you're holding that in your body and it is a traumatic experience, it is trauma and it's in your body and, and doing the, the somatic treatment for yourself can really help you. So I, I really felt like that really validates Right. People's feelings. And I think that's really important because I know a lot of people sometimes feel like, oh, nobody wants, no one wants to listen to me Mm -hmm. that I I didn't go through what they went through. I shouldn't be feeling this way. But I think it's it really was helpful to validate how you feel. I agree. I think any again in your toolbox, if you are suffering from trauma in however it's defined and you find you find calmness and mindfulness in nature she's going to walk you through four different steps in her book about how you can ease the anxiety and the um, stress in your body through nature through being mindful in nature and it's it's a great way to another thing to add to your toolbox if that yes. helps you absolutely use it And she's going to talk to us about that. So today is November 17th, Wednesday, and this is the second day of our first giveaway in our 12 days of giveaways. And this is the day we are going to be giving away a full set of products from Woman S. And the products are worth $300. It's very simple to end. If you go on our Instagram account, which is hot flashes and cool topics, it will show you exactly how to enter. We also have a link on our website, hotflasheskooltopics.com. Tomorrow, we will be starting day two of the giveaway, which, you know, a little spirits for the cocktails, Dugan and Dame, we're going to be giving away a full cocktail kit, which is amazing. And Bridget would really like to get it, but she can't I know, win. I know. It, my husband would love if I got it, but maybe I'll just <laughs> maybe. have to order him one for Christmas or don't yeah. listen to this, John. He'll probably listen. He does listen to our episodes and he learns can you a lot. Get, he, can you get him to have my husband listen to that? Uh, I, your husband? Oh my God. John listens to his on the drive and he comes home and he reminds me of what I said. <laughs> and it's actually been very helpful in oh. a lot of areas. Yeah. Oh, good. So, well, you know, do a him. podcast. If you want to say something, you want to get a message out to your spouse or significant others, start a podcast and have them listen. And then they will come and discuss it with you later. 
But, but please all, remember, good. they are yes. listening. They are listening. They are listening. So yes. be careful yeah. what you say. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have 12 days of holiday giveaways. So it starts November 16th. So that was yesterday. And it will be every other day through December 9th. We have amazing gifts. 12 incredible companies have sponsored. Every year it gets bigger. Every year it gets better. And this year we are just thrilled. So this one is Womaness. Again, you can go on our website or on our Instagram in order to enter. And we have special ways for extra entries. And don't forget to check out our holiday gift guide, which is also available on our website. We have over 30 pages of great gift ideas. So with that being said, Bridget, have you started shopping? For myself, (laughs) that doesn't count. (laughs) No, I I have done a little bit of shopping. Yes, I I have gone on that gift guide though, and I me too for myself. (laughs) I'm so I mean, but it's just like you know, we we got a place in Florida, a vacation place, and boy, I got those caraway gift. You know, I got those pans, pots and pans. There you go. Got a new kitchen. Got to get some new pots and pans. Got to cook. We have everything on there from CBD to shoes, to clothing, to makeup, to skincare, to pots and pans, to exercise (laughs) and more. But yeah, I've, I've, I've purchased a few things off our gift guide as well. So guys, if you do Mm -hmm. purchase something, please let us know. We'd love to do a shout out on the um, podcast for those people who have purchased off the gift guide. So just email us at hotflasheskooltopics at gmail.com. So let's get on with this interview. Enjoy. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics. Today we have on Dr. Rochelle Calvert, and she recently wrote a book called Healing with Nature, Mindfulness and Somatic Practices to Heal from Trauma. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Thank you, Colleen and Bridget, for having me. My first question for the listeners is when someone hears the title Practices to Heal from Trauma, they think, oh, this book's not for me because I haven't had a traumatic experience per se, how the world defines it. Can you talk about the fact that that's not really accurate as far as what trauma means? Yeah, definitely. And I'm glad we're starting here because um, it is a big premise of the book to kind of help dispel a little bit of maybe what we've kind of come to stigmatize trauma to mean. Uh, We think that a lot of the way, at least our culture has kind of defined it, it needs to be something more classically defined as trauma, like, um, you know, natural disaster that I was involved in, or I was at war or had, you know, combat issues or serious physical or sexual assault. And while all of those are and definably clinically related to traumas, um, as we might see them from a diagnostic perspective, trauma is way more broad than that. It's actually really unique to the person. And this is something I point to over and over again in the book that how you define trauma is what we really want to look at as the thing that might need your attention to be healed, right? And a very simplified kind of more general definition of trauma can be just something we went through in our lives that was distressing, really difficult, challenging to get through. We did our best to get through it, but maybe we didn't quite get through it to kind of come back to a baseline or a sense of regulation. We kind of got back to ourselves or the normal ways we were we were engaged in life. And so it leaves some kind of lingering sense of just not quite myself again, right? And when you start to put that definition out there, it's something that, again, was distressing, upsetting to me, difficult to manage did my best to get through it, but maybe didn't have all the resources to get through it and ultimately left me feeling like I wasn't quite where I was before that difficult event. 
I'm pretty sure all of us can fit that definition in different ways, right? It could be, you know, something as simple as, um, you know, something someone said to you, an emotionally evocative statement that maybe person B standing next to you had no problem with the statement, but you did because that's how your system registered it. Perfectly fine to accept this. And the other one that's, I think we've all been through this last year has been our pandemic. This is global trauma happening on a global scale. And again, we all have different resources to bear on it, but it might be leaving us feeling like we're not quite ourselves in the same way we maybe were before. And that would equally be defined as a trauma. Yeah, I, I found that so interesting. And in your book, you talk about the percentages of people who experience trauma. And 70% of people experience trauma. And, and you know, I was just reading that. I wrote that down. Um, then you said uh, 70, oh, three events per people. Mm-hmm. In, in three in traumatic events in their lifetime. Mm-hmm. And 78% of those people experience post-traumatic stress disorder. Mm-hmm. They can go wow. on. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's the more clinically classified way of looking at it. And, you know, over our lifetimes, we're all likely to have at least three major events that are going to fit in this category of the way that our bodies, our nervous systems, our minds, our hearts are experiencing a trauma. Now, again, we go through life the best ways we have. We'll cope, we'll manage, we'll resource. Sometimes we get through them very well, and sometimes we don't. And that's when we need to give our attention over to our bodies, to our beings, to figure out, well, if that's here and unhealed, is it limiting the way I'm showing up in my life or the way I'm able to experience my life? And that's, that's what the different practices in the book are really teaching to help uncover or realiven within ourselves. The premise of your book is really healing through nature, with nature, mm-hmm. which a lot of women really haven't thought that much about because they think of the practical, I'm going to go to therapy, I'm going mm-hmm. to heal through therapy. And therapy is great. Hey, we've all done it. Um, your approach is more to connect your energy to nature. Can you talk a little bit about that perspective? Yeah. Well, I'll anecdotally answer that first and then I'll tell you what my experience has been. But, you know, being a therapist for many years, um, you know, would help patients in the office and see them inside the office, but was always trying to find ways to get us outside and get us connected to nature. And the reason for that is, is that when we're outside, our nervous systems just relax. There's a natural wired to be out here and to be able to let our nervous system soften and feel the relaxation and the support. So it began to dawn on me as I was, you know, myself practicing outside much more than I could ever take my clients in outside that why wasn't I doing that more? (laughs) Because it was definitely benefiting me. It was definitely benefiting what I was reading and studying more about with nature and so then it became that the fruition of this book became like, well, she's, she, nature, is such an ally and such a resource for us at any time that we need it. What if we could learn skills that we could do for ourselves in connection with her that would feel just like a therapist sitting in your office to support you in that way that you could heal or transform or take care of those things that you're maybe feeling limited or stuck by within yourself? What is somatic healing? So it's been a very popular topic of recent. I keep finding that the different 
chats I'm having with individuals that people are going, well, somatic isn't like the stigma thing. We used to say you're somaticizing. You're just all about the you know problems in your body or whatever. And yeah, we are because your body is sending you signals to say, hey, something is not healthy here. Something is not organized and regulated in a healthy way. So somatic healing is a way to tune into our bodies to begin to discover where that dysregulation might be through some skillful practices and reorganize it, reawaken its healing potential. Your body is designed to heal, right? Um, I've been in the process of moving and I've, you know, you get a little busy and things are a little quick and I've cut a couple fingers and, you know, accidentally stubbed a toe. And I'm amazed by how quickly all my little cells are sending signals to heal, 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 you know, within a day, it's just, that's, we're wired for that. So learning how to feel into our body's capacity for that at all levels, whether or not it's a cut or it's these deep wounds of trauma, we can learn how to listen to that. And Peter Levine, um, who so, who wrote Somatic Experiencing, Waking the Tiger, um, a little over 30 years ago now, really began to, to investigate this lens of the body is the healer, right? So, but we need to awaken to the somatic sense of what's happening in the body, figure out what's stuck, what's challenged. And with trauma, a lot of times the body is stuck in a particular pattern or in a way that it's not as healthy or vibrant as it could be. So we can use these practices and these techniques of somatic healing to help restore that that health to the physical body and emotional and mental. And you talk a lot about facing your trauma. And that's something, you know, you maybe naturally wouldn't want to do. You try to put it in these different areas, but you do talk about facing your trauma. Can you talk about why that is something that people need to do? Well, you named it, right? That we typically go, I'm fine. That's no problem. Moving on. I got over it. You know, somebody says, oh, how was that difficult thing? You, the, the, the automatic response is to be like, I'm fine. It's good. It's not happening now. I've moved on. Except that our moving on practices have typically been to suppress, have typically been to ignore, have typically been to disconnect actually from our bodies and just kind of distract ourselves and get on to the next thing. And given what we were just talking about, somatic healing, that's not listening to the wisdom of your body and what it may need to actually be able to help you heal. So the only way we're going to be able to do that is by turning to listen to it. If your body holds the answer for the healing and is designed for healing, then we need to go to the body where it's stuck and that trauma lives in order to explore it. Now, this sounds terrifying to a lot of people because like, I worked really hard, I'm on, I'm over it, you know. So the practices in the book are intentional about stair-stepping our way there. It's not like we need to like run the marathon and get the trauma out, although that's often the way people will approach these practices. Like, I now have the tool. I'm getting it out. Well, this is true, but going slow to really listen in a very intimate way to your body will actually be the way we can fully release the trauma from the body. So the practices are designed to go slow. So we don't need to feel like we have to jump into the deep end of the pool um, and, and support ourselves by learning how to turn towards the trauma in a safe and healthy way. And how does nature play a role with that? There's this easy conduit when we're outside for the nervous system to relax, right? When we look at something, these the colors are changing right here in New Mexico. And it's easy to want to watch that. It's like the eyes go, oh, those colors are beautiful or they're soothing or they're calming. 
Well, in order to turn towards painful or difficult places in our lives, isn't it nice to have a container that holds us to do that? And so nature being able to settle into her and feel different ways we can feel our body connected to her will make it easier to be able to explore those places in our body that are stuck. I often too find that as we grow and develop these practices for healing, not only is she a great container and a support to turn towards what's difficult, she'll often reflect to you messages that maybe you didn't know you needed, right? Like maybe you're sitting and and practicing the elements practice and you realize that you know, your body has fire in it in a way that you didn't know that it did before. And now you're sitting in connection to nature and she's showing you how, how fire cleanses or burns or colors or changes things. And that might be a message you need to hear for that particular trauma. Mm -hmm. So it's not only a good somatic way to support ourselves to do this work, but I think it also begins to offer us different ways of taking care of whatever it was that was stuck that maybe we just, again, because we're kind of analytical or we're in that going to doing brain about things, we wouldn't see it otherwise. And she can, she can offer some reflection back as you're with her practicing in this way that might be a message you needed to hear. And, you know, I also like how you talk about, and you've talked about it already, when things get stuck in your body and your body's reactions. And I think different individuals maybe feel it differently where they feel stuck. But just but when I was reading your book, I think about times when it's something is bothering me and I won't even realize it in my shoulders. It's like, and then I'm like, oh my goodness, I, I've realized what's happening. My shoulders are super tense. Why am I so sore? Yeah. And then I have to just kind of, okay, calm, you know, relax, calm down, loosen my shoulders. That already helps a little bit. So can you give any tips? Uh, you know, I know getting out in nature is going to be so important uh, when someone feels that tension and they're stuck in their body. Yeah. Well, the first step is to recognize it exactly like you just named it. It's really hard because our patterns of typically, I talk about in the book, the fight, flight, or freeze patterns, those will keep us wired to keep going or avoiding. And then we don't even notice that our body's kind of sending us all these signals that says, Hey, we need some other way of taking care. So one way, a tip would be that to know what your pattern is, how do you typically, because sometimes again, if we're in the pattern or lost in the pattern, we don't recognize it. But if we have a conscious recognition of, right, I tend to fight my way through, you know, and just ignore all signals because the next has to be done, or I escape, I avoid, I, you know, run away from the problem, distract myself, or maybe I check out, you know, I get really good at not paying attention to what needs to be paid attention to. But knowing those, those actually become really great doorways to be present to your body because your body's going along with you for that ride with whatever that pattern is. And all we have to do is recognize, Oh, I'm in my fight pattern. Well then, and then immediately we have a a moment to go, well, what's happening in my body. And then we can feel the tension in the shoulder. And then I would say, okay, now we know the pattern we're following it. We're tracking it rather than like getting mad at oneself and saying like, get out of that pattern. Remembering these patterns are there for your survival and protection. That's how they've evolved. Can you just be kind to them for a moment, you know, and just recognize tension is here, right? Feel your body, feel it tense for a moment. 
Maybe take a look around you with nature. What's here that could be supportive? Is there a color? Is there a sound? Is there a scent? Is there a breeze, right? And how if I let a little bit of that come in as I'm taking care of the tension, that there's an extra ally then rather than just get relaxed, right? <laughs> Make it for, so you're almost facing, you're facing just like you said you're in the facing. book, you're trauma. And in your book, you mentioned skillful practices and you actually give examples in nature where you should sit down comfortably, some are quiet, some are calming. You connect breath and mindfulness. So can you give us an example of one of the practices when someone is feeling that, you know, an exceptionally anxious day or mm. stressed out day, how can they connect those, you know, mindfulness practices, the breathing into it in nature? Yeah. It's a broad question. And I had about three answers come to my mind. So I'm trying to decide which one would be helpful. Any of the practices. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> whichever, you know, for example, I, you know, it made, it just made me think, you know, when we were in the pandemic and yeah. everyone was super stressed out, people were outside more. People yes, were out were. in nature. They were walking. There was, it would de-stress them. Yeah. And I'm wondering if you, was it just being mindful in the moment? Because you, like I said, you mentioned skillful practices. Yeah. And I would love an example of one of those practices to kind of take it down a notch when you are yeah. feeling a stressful day. Yeah. Does that help more? Sunset Lake CBD is a farmer-owned small business that ships craft CBD products directly from their farm to your door. Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. They offer tinctures, edibles, salves, lotion, and coffee designed to help with sleep, stress, and sore muscles and hot flashes. And you can use the code HFCT20 for 20% off your entire order. And Bridget and I have recently started using them and we love them. I'm a big fan of the salves. I like mm -hmm. the lotion and the salves, but you are really, you and your husband are huge oh, fans. My, we're the, we're the tincture fans and they have two tinctures. They have their CBD oil. It has 1500 milligrams of CBD in it. But one that we really use a lot is their CBD oil with melatonin. And they also have CBD for pets. So make sure to check out sunsetlakecbd.com HFCT20 for 20% off all products. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And I, so I, I will mention three. <laughs> so <laughs> I think, um, so I think when you, just like you named, like we were, we were, because we were in lockdown or whatever version of that we were experiencing with this pandemic, um, the option was to go outside. That was it. We didn't get to go to socialize. We didn't get to go and do the other things we normally would have done. And there is a, a, a soothing and a calming element to that, that just if we take a walk out in nature. And so, to help with that stress, first, take your body outside, to get it outside, literally put it in a natural setting. Now, we all live in different places with different kinds of nature, but we all have access to stepping outside and looking at the sky. Even if you're in a concrete situation, um, the sky is still there and the concrete is actually the earth. It literally is just a different form of the earth and you can feel that and connect to that. And I would say to be mindfully present, as you were asking about with the breath, well, what would it be like to just first feel the air around you? A lot of times I start my practices when I lead guided meditations with just feel the environment first around you. You're outside. How is the quality of the air? Like right now in this place where I sit, it's fairly still. There's a little gentle movement. It's pretty pleasant temperature, right? A little fragrance in the air of breaking down leaves. 
But all of that's quality of the air, right? That's right here. And then take a breath with it, right? So feel the place you're in when you put your body outside first, connect to what that feels like, and then feel your breath. And then maybe you just keep doing that as you take yourself on a walk. That'd be one way to be mindful of the breath with nature. And the other two I wanted to point to, because when we're stressed, it's very hard sometimes actually to breathe. I talk about this in the book, that sometimes the breath is not the best anchor to manage stress with. But being in our bodies can sometimes be a bigger ally when we're really, really stressed out. And so two practices for this. One is to sensorily feel your senses. So when I'm out here, right, I can take in what my eyes are seeing, the different colors, and not to go naming stuff, because this is what we like to do. Oh, that's that kind of tree or that kind of bird or that kind of color, whatever. But to just let your eyes, like right now, I can see some green leaves and there's some yellow. If I let my eyes just take that in, they're being softened. There's a soothing sense that I can feel my body. It's the same way. See what's present. Feel how that registers inside your body. Right? Same with what we might hear, what we might smell, what we might feel. If you know what you can taste safely, you can do that too. But the senses are another beautiful way in which to easily orient yourself to what's going on around you. And then the third is um, to ground, to ground oneself when we're stressed. Because the stress usually wants to propel us forward. It wants us to do the next thing and then I figure out the problem and manage the solutions and whatever. And that will come, but that's more mental energy that's only creating more stress. And so if you're going to choose to go outside, could you just feel that your feet are on the ground? This is a really simple one. They're always on the ground, unless you're cross-legged, but they're usually <laughs> like on the ground. And can you just take a second and put your attention to the bottoms of your feet, literally? And feel that contactful point between your feet and the earth. Go back and forth for just a moment. And you're like, oh, right, my feet are on the ground. That's steadiness. That's dirtiness. That's solidness. That's groundedness. Then go back to your stressing and your problem solving. <laughs> but each one of those, as we layer those types of ways of taking care of ourselves and connecting our bodies to nature, only going to aid in finding more skillful means to deal with whatever it is that's going on. Yeah, I was, I think, yeah, it was also in your book, you were talking about the studies that show, was it five hours a yes. month? Was it a yes. five hours a month? Yes. And I thought, okay, five hours a month, <laughs> I should be able to do that. But you know, it's so surprising that you're thinking, yeah. you know, maybe I haven't been doing that. Yeah. You know, well, so that's the high end of the scale. Five hours is like A plus level, like great. You've gotten outside your well-being, your nervous system. There's all kinds of studies that support what chemicals, what system changes, what physiological results we're having from that. But they also know that if you spend five to 10 minutes outside, just listening to something like birdsong or water, you're going to de decrease your cortisol levels, which is ridiculous amazing, right? You don't mm -hmm. need to do anything. You don't even need to practice what I just mentioned. Just step outside, hear some bird song, listen to some water if we can, smell the earth for a little five, 10 minutes. That's going to come into the potency of the, the health of your body just by being in contact with nature. Yeah, I thought that was so amazing. And also, you know, I know I'm jumping around here, but I was just thinking about in your book, um, 
bullying was something that was brought up, that that is trauma. It really does have to do with how much resource did we have to get through it? Because someone who goes through a natural disaster may have a tremendous amount of resource that comes to bear on that experience and they're able to move through it skillfully and it doesn't cause them you know, to be stuck or challenged in their life after the event. But to the example you just gave, if there, if it's constant every day, not enough resources, not enough ways to support bringing a healthy, safe environment into that child's life, no one person is going to have enough resources to manage that. And yes, it's going to leave the impact of trauma in that, in that little person's life. And so really how much resource that was skillful, healthy, regulatory did we have to the difficulty of that event that let us come on the other side of it in a healthy way, or it didn't. And if it didn't, then we've got some work to do and we've got to learn how to take care of ourselves to heal from that or offer the healing to others. (laughs) Yeah. You also talk in the book about healing currents, find the healing currents and pendulation. Can you talk about that practice? Yes. And it's, it's a second section builds into the third section. So it's a middle of the the book practice. I just want to start by saying that (laughs) because it requires building up some stability in our nervous systems to explore the pendulation practice, because it is the practice that invites us to turn towards the trauma. And so what a pendulation practice is, is learning how to be present in one's body somatically. We know our patterns. We know what they are. We've done some of that work. We've established also a safe way to feel present in our body. And then what we're exploring is learning how to pendulate our awareness between feeling sense of stability or groundedness in the body, and then going to explore the trauma where it might feel stuck in the body. Okay. So maybe, uh, you know, like we were talking about the shoulders earlier, maybe we have a tightness in the chest, a very simple way we would practice this as we've built some capacity to do so is to, okay, I'm going to feel the groundedness. Maybe I feel that in my sits bones or at my feet or the weightedness of my body. And then I'm going to slowly take my attention and go, just sit with that tension in my shoulders. Just sit with the tightness in my chest. Our impulse, like we were saying earlier, is to get it to go away. The reason we need to build this muscle is because there's no needing to get it to go away. We want to trust that there's a healing current in there and we need to be present to let it find its way rather than the mind coming online to say, this is how it needs to get out. We want to trust the somatic wisdom of the body to find that current, that current impulse that is the healthy one, right? That's not kind of beholden to the the unhealthy pattern that's evolved itself to try to protect you. And so that pendulation practice gives us a chance to explore seeing if we can feel into that with our bodies and then follow that. And sometimes following those currents of healing are to move our bodies in ways we wouldn't have normally thought. The mind wasn't, you know, involved. The body's saying, no, I really want, I want to do this, or I want to take a fuller breath. And then I talk about in the book ways to know if we are onto a healing impulse. There's release expressions that happen in the body, like a belly breath, like digestion, sometimes burping or other gases. Um, different things that when we when we're on to the healing current, our body will send us those, ah, this is the healing signal. 
that says this is the direction to follow. And so there's ways to use that pendulation practice to explore and find what those currents are for our healing of the trauma. When you were talking about the fact that pendulation might be a middle tier yep. in the process, yeah. for those women listening that aren't even at the beginning tier, mm-hmm. they're stressed out, they're in their mind all the time, what I need to do, what I need to finish. I'm responsible for this. I'm responsible yep. for that. Mm-hmm. Where can they start? Well, like something start? simple that yeah. they can do because they're saying, I don't have time to go sit in the earth and, and ground myself, which is right. amazing. I love doing that. But a lot of women, number one, have no idea what that really does mm-hmm. for them. Mm-hmm. And they're skeptical. Like, I don't, how do you, what's a simple step that they can do every yeah. day to just start this process of connecting to nature? Yeah. I would say find what you love in nature and start spending a little bit of time with it, whatever that is, right? For me, um, prior to moving to this place, I had a garden in a canyon in San Diego and I had planted um, plants that had been passed down to me from my grandmother to my mother to me. And they lived in my garden and <clears throat> I connected to them every day and would hold their little ferny hands. One of them was an aloe and I would just check the different colors that were happening there every day. Just a little bit of time just to be with it, to do nothing else other than if you want to touch it, if you want to look at it, if you want to feel it against your skin, but something that connects your body with something in nature that you love. And that's it. Right. And that might be enough. And it maybe there's a particular flower you really love. The woman who gardened in this garden here, I will forever be grateful, but she loved and was connected to dahlias. There's over a hundred varieties of dahlias here. <laughs> and so, you know, I will get to, to share in the connection of her love to that, but there are so many different things I think that touch each one of us individually in nature. And it's just giving yourself a little bit of respite with that. And as we were just talking about, if it's five minutes out there, you don't need to do a practice per se. Just go spend five minutes with something that you feel connected to and and are inspired or or love that is part of nature. You know, maybe it's a vista too. It doesn't necessarily even have to be a plant. Maybe it's looking out at the skyscape, or maybe it's looking at a horizon, something of that nature. But that's all of all of those small little choices are going to have a big impact in the big picture down the line. And ideally they, they connect you to yourself, to your body, calm you. And then maybe you give you more potency to want to do that work. That might be a little bit next level as, as things come down the line. You know, what about if the weather is inclement? Mm -hmm. Is there any suggestion there? Yes. I have two suggestions. One to add on about if we are in a less full place with organic nature. Um, It's a good reminder if we are inside that your house is made of nature. You don't sit in your house in any other way than by the fact that it is, there's trees holding up the sides of your walls. There's literal earth and minerals beneath your feet. And while this might be a little bit reflective, just reflecting on it lets the nervous system go, oh, right, even though I'm inside, I'm still in connection to the forms of nature that are here. They're just in a different, less organic kind of traditional sense that they're in. And that can be really, really helpful. I know that when, especially 
when we're in weather, right? Like if I can't go outside, but I can feel the walls, feeling that containment, that holdingness of once trees that stood outside, but are now holding up my home, my space, my safety, my health, that feels good to feel into. And then the other thing I would suggest in the conditions of the weather that aren't optimal, like perfect conditions for being outside, go anyway. So I've, I've studied with a, a teacher who was would would be elated when it would, you know, rain, hail, snow. <laughs> Say, put your body in it, because and it was such a great teacher because our tendency this is um, our tendency is to want to go get you know all nice and perfect and cozy and regulated. But with the work we're exploring in this book, putting yourself in the rain for a minute teaches you how to be with what's uncomfortable. Teaches you how to be okay with the conditions are challenging. And if that's what we're scaffolding and building up to eventually to heal the trauma, you know, inclement weather has beautiful ways to teach us in ways that maybe we wouldn't have otherwise had a chance if we were just in kind of the, the optimal conditions. So I say go outside anyway. I mean, take care of yourself, but small <laughs> period. Go but. dance in the rain. In the yes. Rain. In the rain. Lick the snow. No. <laughs> if it's not yellow, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. right. <laughs> Good point. Yes. So we've kind of talked about what you like, what you titled it as awakening in nature, and that's through breath and then your senses and body and then the elements of nature, which is great. How do you then take that? Okay, now I'm aware and I'm mm-hmm. I'm able to go into nature and kind of waken my body senses to nature. And now the trauma starts to come in and you're starting to feel it. And like you said before, being mindful that your shoulders are starting to lift or that your right. stomach, how does someone begin to then work through sitting that? Because it's such an, un- sitting with that, because it's such an uncomfortable position to be in. That seems like the next state. How do you connect them? Yeah. So in in the book, if you're practicing and exploring that first section and even beginning that second where we're treading towards the trauma, compassion and kindness are key. There's a lot of you'll you'll hear in my language and in the way that we want to move towards these challenges is to just bring great compassion. And I like to remember that you know, all of these patterns that are there that are uncomfortable, that are sticky, that are stuck, they've been there and evolved for a reason. And I don't need to be so angry at them or mad that they're here or punitive to get them to be gone. They, you know, they deserve my attention and my care and my kindness to move towards them. So I think that link between the I'm aware of what's here. The next step is to really move towards it, but to do so with great kindness and compassion. And as we do that, patience, curiosity, you know, willingness to be with what's uncomfortable will start to come, right? But if we, if we can't meet those difficulties with some sense of, oh my gosh, this pain is here. It deserves my attention. I care about it. We're not, we're just going to go back to the same old patterns, trying to get it to be gone and judge it and harass it and do the things that kind of got us stuck in the first place. And so as we tread towards that, that's where those new ways of experiencing our trauma will start to come through. 
And then we can actually start to feel the vitality coming back as we start to heal from that trauma. While it might seem like a far stretch to say this, especially if we're really just at a beginner stage of exploring these healing practices with trauma, what if your trauma is a beautiful teacher? What if your trauma is a beautiful healer that you don't know yet that you have access to? And I really believe if we give ourselves this permission to relate to ourselves this way, to skillfully take care with practices that can help the healing to happen, connect to nature, that she gives us all of these vital resources for that healing, we might actually see the beauty, the strength, the, re the resiliency, the health that comes out of having gone through something really difficult. Nature does this all the time. And I was watching something about the devastations of the fires that we've had right on the, on the West coast. And with that devastation though comes regeneration, right? And while it is traumatic for an entire landscape and for people to go through that, we know that nature, the nature of nature <laughs> will be that she'll restore. She'll bring it back to life. That's, that's how the conditions are. It's true for us too. It's kind of keeping that in mind as you're moving through it with great compassion and kindness to know that there's something on the other side here, you don't even know you have access to yet. Which for me is like why this work is so inspiring. <laughs> and so, <laughs> to watch people transform themselves into something I can't even predict or know, they can't predict or know, but that through the healing process of taking care of one's trauma in this way is possible. Do you think that this practice is becoming more mainstay or do you think it's still not that well known? I think mindfulness. So I, I'm weaving three ecosystems of healing together. I call them the mindfulness, the somatic, and the nature ecosystems. And they're all being woven together to help to heal with trauma. I would say, though, mindfulness definitely becoming mainstay. I feel like, you know, that I can walk into any grocery store and see the mindful magazine. You know, right. pretty, pretty remarkable thing from where we've come from, from 20 years ago when I first started teaching this work. But that I think somatic healing is the second you know, close runner to the beginning sense of like, oh, this, there's something to this wisdom of the body that we could be listening more to. And there are skillful means to, to learn how to listen to there. And nature seems like an obvious one, but I feel like it's taken the pandemic for us to be like, oh, right. There's nature out there. <laughs> mm -hmm. The research on nature is actually so, in its infancy to where you would think it should be, right? A lot of the results that you see in the studies with nature, like, well, yeah, of course, that's what, you know, it's common sense that we know this, but we've been pretty disconnected from spending yeah. time. So I I think it's on the horizon. I think that one is, is less probably mainstream, but I think it's coming. I think it's very, very... Um, elevated in people's consciousness now because of the pandemic and because of the ways that people were able to just simply get respite and refuge from nature, that people are inquiring more about how they can integrate it into the health of their life. And I point to this in the latter part of the book, as we're healing, we're becoming more embodied, we're becoming more whole, we're becoming more our true sense of ourselves. And that is not covered up by all the patterns and the stuck trauma, that's all relieved itself of your nervous system. So what comes forward is this potent sense of your wholeness. And that's all any of us are really looking for. And so it's magnetizing. It's engaging with other people in our family systems and you know, to the people we're connected to in whatever way. 
So I think as you take on these practices and are feeling more embodied and whole and healthy, you know, they, they begin to have that ripple effect. It is the nature of our culture, though, that we want the quick fix. And we just have to learn the lesson after lesson after lesson that says that didn't really work out. So what's next? <laughs> and then, you know, that teaching over time gives us a different way. I have one more thing to say about that. But nature is beautiful at pointing out patience and fruition mm -hmm. in cycles, right? When you let, when you just watch her for a little while and just like notice that she's not in any urgency to get to the next color, to get to the next season, to get to the next problem. <laughs> you know, we can learn from that. What do you hope that your readers of this book take away? Like if you had to say, I hope they at the very least understand this. Well, two things come to mind. One, at the very least, healing is possible. Healing whatever you might define as trauma is possible. Whether it's this book or any path that you're on for that, walk it, take it, follow the trail, wherever it leads you. That, that's very minimum. <laughs> I'm really I'm a big, big proponent that trauma begets more trauma and healing will beget more healing. So whatever that healing path is for you to just keep following it. The second thought that comes to mind is that we wake up and feel our true nature. So we're more connected to nature, right? So if your more radiant nature is being expressed in the world and you feel more alive and healthy and you're connected to nature, we might have a better reciprocity with her. We only get this planet to live on. So if we're feeling more of that health and vibrancy and aliveness for ourselves, we might care about her in the same way. And so that, that, that is big overarching drop at the end, last few chapters of the book, um, you know, high hope that I have that people take away that we just care more because we feel more cared for, healed, healthy, and whole that that happened in relationship with nature that we, we want to give back. We feel more supportive of her and her own challenges too. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We hope that the readers get healing with nature, mindfulness, and somatic practices to heal from trauma. We appreciate your time and good luck with the move. Enjoy your new <laughs> yeah. location. Thank Thanks. you. Bye-bye. Well, we want to thank Rochelle so much for sharing all of this important information with us on the show today. It really just makes me think how important it is to get out in nature. And I'm, you know, like I've said, I'm one of the ones that, oof, the weather's bothering me. I don't want to go out, but get me a good weatherproof jacket and <laughs> boots and get out there because I will feel better. If you know how it is when you're stuck inside and you haven't seen the light of day and you're like in a cave or something. And it's and dark out like, at yeah, five o'clock. Yeah. Yeah. Now that it's um, whatever daylight savings time, which I'll, I don't like this at all, but you know, <laughs> it is very helpful to get out. You just feel better if you get out in nature and just thank you again, validating you know, that people have different ways of experiencing trauma and what happens in their lives um, and just how to work through that. So I really do appreciate that.
Yes. And if you want to check out specific information, you can always go to our show notes. We do show notes on every single episode. It has all of the links. It has any promotional codes that companies may offer. It will tell you, it has a whole list of the timestamps and everything. It's very comprehensive. And we should really probably say that more often. Show yes, notes. we probably should. Yes. So check yeah. those out. Um, a link for her book will also be there and make sure you are subscribed so that you don't miss a single day of the 12 days of holiday giveaway. Check our YouTube channel because we did do a video on the 12 days of giveaways. So you can check out some of the products that we already own and just enjoy and make sure you subscribe. And if you have any questions about the giveaway, let us know. Just email us at hotflasheskooltopics at gmail.com. Have a great day, everybody. Bye.